Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Gas Station Podcast Network encourages you to join us at the pumps every Thursday at 9 for the weekly episode of Look at That Lawn, the weekly review of the best-looking lawns in the Upper Midwest. Matt CTR Zaxenhauser will chat with this week's winner and how they managed to manicure their lawn. Everything will be reviewed from the cut length to the lawn patterns chosen, from the styles used in plantings to the trimming of shrubs and trees. And don't forget, topiaries are always welcome. In the time it takes you to check your oil, you'll learn great lawn maintenance tips and how the winners cut their lawns to become this week's winner on Look at that Lawn. And remember, CTR stands for Zero Turn Radius. From the glow of St. Paul's number one, welcome to another edition of Cabin Country. Give us the time and we'll take you out of the traffic and away from the levee. Let's find the place where the loons call out among the moonlit waves, where the wind sighs among the Norway pines. Pull up a dock chair, have a sip of your coffee, and get a line in the water. This is Cabin Country. Now here's Bjorn Lloydstead, and I'm Fudd Klugman with another Woodland Escape. All right, welcome back to Cabin Country, ladies and gentlemen. We're glad to have you joining us again tonight. I am Bjorn Lloydstead. And I'm Fudd Klugman. We've got a couple things we're going to talk about here, Fudd, tonight. It's uh, the rain is coming down outside. And That's right. Uh, we've got thunder and lightning. Thunder and lightning and, and the first big rainstorm of the year. Kind of nice not to be thinking about busting out the shovels. Oh, yes. Uh, and it's ironic, Fudd. I went out to, uh, we, we have an annual event where at one point we decided our household pet needed to be outside more often. Oh. And uh, so my son, for his high school project, built a little cat cage. And I could bring <laughs> the family cat out and put him, put her, excuse me, Tiger the Wonder Cat, could go in her little cage and enjoy the great outdoors. And inside that steel shelter, not have to worry about the the coyotes, the coyotes, oh, yes. the birds of prey, the various red foxes that prowl sure. our neighborhood. And, and I'll be darned if I didn't go out there the other day to, to get a howling cat out of the out, oh, of, yeah. out of the catio, as it's called. <laughs> and please feel free to critique at will. Uh, yes, on, on on the website. Wow, Bjorn taking the cat outside. Really, that wasn't a famous song by. Uh, Phil Collins, was it? Cat, cat, catty? It may have been, yeah. Uh, he may have uh, done a kind of a B-side. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. But I'll be darned. I, I grabbed at the, the sides of that cage, and there were mosquitoes 
all oh. over it. And yes, I thought, good somebody. Lord, we're already in creepy crawly season. Unbelievable. We haven't already. even gone up to put in the dock yet, and there's already the Minnesota State Bird hanging <laughs> around, hanging around. And, uh, yeah. Wow, well, this is wild. So as we, as we prep for, I think, sometime in the next month or so, probably a, a voyage up to the Great Gull River. Right, that f- first weekend in June. Right, it's tip the, of the tip of the cap here to uh, you know let's let's pay some time and some homage, if we will, to some of the things we are all us cabin goers are so used to seeing and get so used to having to deal with. And so tonight we're just kind of talking a little bit and and maybe dispelling a few mi- uh, myths here too. Oh, fun. okay, um, that's good. The first one on my list, I've got. I always come prepared with a list, right? And well, that's good. And I think Where back would to the be without it. Exactly, the grand old days of leeches. And I leeches. remember the, the first year of the cabin on Daggett, and just oh my god, a lake and a dock, and I was in that lake constantly. And as a greenhorn from the suburbs, I remember putting my foot up on the dock to climb back out to look down and be horrified. There, in fact, was a leech attached. Yeah. To the top of my foot, and I did a war dance like <laughs> nobody had ever seen, howling and screaming. And I, I, you know, my dad just got, "Oh, come on, kid, it's no big deal. It's just a fisherman's leech." Don't you know? The funny thing is, I looked into that a little bit. Oh, and I remember this leech was kind of teardrop shaped with what appeared to be kind of a diamond pattern on it. Oh yeah. And I'm told, you know, and we may we may have to send a, a feeler out to stand tequila again here. I, he, he would know better than I, but I guess there's many leeches. In mm. Minnesota lakes, but very few that fish will actually go after oh, as, really? as a as a bait. Yeah, as a huh. as a food source, fishing leech. Um, this thing was attached something fierce, and I think what happened was the old man might have just grabbed it and pulled. You know, and you hear a lot of things. I mean, ways to get rid of these, and and a couple of things I found out is many have said salt that leech. Grab a salt shaker, grab a handful of salt, salt that leech, and it'll curl up and roll right off. Now, the DNR site was saying if you do that and it's attached, the leech will actually vomit into your, oh my into your God. open wound and cause an even bigger problem. And <laughs> wow. uh, the, second, the second theory I heard, rubbing alcohol. You know, okay. Dab the thing with rubbing alcohol, and it, oh, it'll 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 yeah, get But again, good. it's going to have a major system reversal, and oh. you know, and it's it's going to make matters worse. So I don't know what you've heard about that foot, or what what your thoughts are. What's what's been the the Klugman approach to how do we get rid of a leech? Well, fortunately, we haven't dealt with many leeches. I know a few years back. When the river was down, they were doing some dam repair. River was down. We actually had kind of a little beach right uh, in front of our absolutely our bank there by the dock, and our girls who were oh I don't know ten eleven at the time sure were spending a lot of time you know digging up the sand and grabbing weeds, making little landscapes on the beach. And, well, one rocks, of them ended up shells. with a leech on her foot. I Uh-oh. think it was a tiny little thing. Sure, and of course she freaked out, and I don't know if she's been in the water since, but. Uh-oh. I don't even remember how we dealt with it. It wasn't it wasn't that a major of a thing. I think we just right. grabbed it and pulled it off. But yeah, but yeah, never really had to deal with leeches uh, and trying to get them off. But that was a fascinating thing, knowing that you're just going to exacerbate the yeah the, the salt and the rubbing alcohol, those types of things. You'll I can't help but think of some kind of Star Wars, some big beast is adhering itself to the ship. <laughs> and it's My like, knock. don't shoot it. It's going to vomit through the glass and. <laughs> Eat a hole right through the felt. Oh, <laughs> so, my goodness. Yeah. The website said something to the effect of you grab a tweezers. 
you make sure you're near the the, the mouth parts of mm-hmm. said leech and just pull. Okay. Because you really want to avoid that regurgitation of the. Oh, and what yes. a disgusting idea! You know, oh, this yeah. thing's sucking my blood. Now it's heaving back into into the wound. Into the wound. Into the wound. Oh my ah. gosh! That, I did not know that. But but yeah, there are apparently several species of leech that are native to lakes and streams and rivers here in Minnesota, but precious few that a fish will actually eat. Huh. That's kind of interesting. I had them all written out at one point, of course, Fudd. Well, Where, what I did with that, I have no idea. But uh, Well, maybe after that uh, little bit of information on the regurgitation, it's like, oh, that's fine. Let's move on to the next creepy <laughs> crawly. <laughs> Enough of that. Well, the next one is something that uh, I, for one, became very closely associated with in 1978. And I'm going to guess the bulk of our listenership has at one point known someone or suffered from Swimmer's Itch. Dude. Swimmer's, Swimmer's Itch. itch. And, and as I uh, am led to believe, it's, it's a larval stage of some kind of lake critter. I think even in perhaps a, a snail or something. Oh, oh. my God. And, and again, I'm, if a caller out there, a listener is like, well, wait a minute, you kind of got that wrong, Bjorn, what it, what it actually is. Feel free, you know, cabin country. We'll open up the lines right now, Don. Yeah, feel free to take calls. What's down. the number? Oh, we don't have one. That's right. Well, Email hey. us at cabincountrypod at gmail. There we go. There we go. Yeah, let us know. But swimmer's itch, yeah, it, 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 you come out of the water, and within moments, you feel like you've got a rash. Uh, you know, you've got mosquito bites all over you. And I, I remember riding home. It was a great day of middle school frivolity and frolicking in, in White Bear Lake. And getting on the bike and riding home and halfway home kind of going, man, do I itch. This is not what in the world. And that particular stretch of the lake during this, the wrong time of year, you know, some it's pretty early in the summer, I think. When mm. The swimmers itch early to mid-summer, and it's, it's, it's a reality. And the classic, as I understand it, you fill a bathtub full of water and baking soda and in you go. Just soak just, for a bit. Just and soak for a bit in baking soda, and, and it, it'll it'll diminish. I mean, it'll still be with you, but... Uh, and is it just an irritation on the skin, or are there actually creepy yeah. crawlies? Well, I think, the, I think whatever has decided to join you kind of pays the price for having done so. Oh. Um, but yeah, it's a skin irritant. I mean, it, it just itches, and, and eventually it's kind of gone. And if you're really scratching away like crazy, you might have a few scabs, that kind of thing. But, I mean, it, the general idea, as I recall it, was like, hey, this beach has, you know, any given lake. They'll kind of post it. Well, we got swimmer's itch right now, so unless Beware. you're feeling really crazy, yeah, you should probably yeah. stay out of the water. And, and that's that's kind of been the general M.O., I think, is just stay out of the water if you know that a beach is... And how long did it last? You know, I feel like it was just a couple of days. It okay. wasn't that big a deal. It wasn't like having fifth disease or chicken pox or something. It or was even just poison ivy. Not e- no. Well, and, we'll, and we'll get there. Yeah, right? that's lower a, on the know, list we, here. We're, we're, we're going to, I think, probably wait a bit with the plants. Lord knows there's plants out there that can cause some yes. Oh, yes. shenanigans. No goodness. But, uh, no goodness. but uh, yeah, swimmer's itch. Kind of nasty. I just remember hearing people, it, it almost seems like swimmer's itch ticks maybe even leeches to some extent it's almost like some people are more prone to it you know it could be i i feel like i've i've lucked out again knock on wood you know ticks have not become a real major problem for me and honestly if i find one i i do my old farmer father's routine i take the tick off and use two fingernails oh, to yeah. just cut that sucker in half get you that know? head off oh yeah. you bet just you're gonna pay for that one pal you were eyeing me up as a 
possible T-bone. It's not going to happen here. I'm going to cut you right in half. And it, my dad was always a, f- a fond one for, let's take that off and put it in the ashtray. Now I'm going to light a match and burn <laughs> that. Look at him go. Just sort of Look at him go. Burn, baby, burn. Puff up and puff up and pop. Yeah. Right. Just, you know, watch those. And this may get a little rough for some. Watch those legs kind of curl up and then yeah. <laughs> done. All done. Bye-bye. Yeah. And I kept, I couldn't help but think, maybe just thumbnail and, and fingernail, you know, for forefinger. You cut the thing in half and it seems a little less cruel than. Well, it's the quickest and easiest. Burned at the stake, yeah. But it always seemed like those things were like indestructible. Oh, they're tough, yeah. And uh, I was paranoid. Have you heard this too, that they can actually jump or kind of flick? Or, I well, don't I know, know that's they, true. They, they will drop off low-hanging oh. shrubbery, low, you know, low-hanging trees. They sense warm-blooded critter. They're just going to drop, oh. land on you. And here again, my poor daughter. I don't know what's in her blood, but, man, I remember at one point uh, staying in a cabin kind of in the woods, Hayward, Wisconsin. We went for a woodland walk and just enjoyed the, the beautiful woodland scenery. And it, it kind of boggled my mind. I was like, you got a cabin, but there's no water anywhere. You just have a cabin out in the woods. What's that all about? I don't know. You know, maybe hunting, sure, but I don't quite. Yeah. I would always want to be near water. You know, I guess that's right. just me. But, uh, no, they had a lot of beautiful land and, and uh, open fields and the whole bit. And, oh, she was loving it. She's about four or five years old. And, we came back in. I think I had one tick on me. Oh. She had about 23. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Just, just pick these things off the girl. They were everywhere. It was unbelievable. Oh and and trust me, a four-year-old from the suburbs, there was she... some interesting noise coming out of that human. Oh, <laughs> oh no. my goodness. Look at this, Dad. That, Yikes. That is 23 of them. Holy Oy, yeah, They're everywhere. It's unreal. You want to go back outside? No. Oh, I'm man. done. No more. Uh, that's awful. I won't do it. But yeah, anywhere there's long grass, long grass, trees and shrubs, and if it's the right time of year, you know, that early summer, late spring, they're they're out there. And I didn't even include, you know, deer ticks. I mean, that's a whole other story. And of course, the one person in our family that's had a deer tick attached was was, my daughter. Yeah. 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 Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe there's this, well, it's just like some people can be bothered by mosquitoes. That's coming up on the list too. It is. But uh, like for me, I think I, I get more... Mosquitoes attracted to me than other members of my oh, yeah. family. Yeah. So maybe it's that way with ticks as well. I don't know what that is, and if there's any truth behind that. And but yeah, I I have plenty of memories growing up. Uh, well, going up to the shack and mm-hmm. trying to avoid that long grass and and whatever made me have to step into the grass, I would hop in <laughs> like a scared cat and then leap back out. And then, of course, swatting at my legs and looking around. Fancy lad. Yes, look at him hopping around. And, uh, oh, my goodness. Of course, I, I you know, I, I still kind of do that. Well, I don't hop, but I will constantly <laughs> be looking. All right. Your secret's safe with us, but I mean, there's just something ab- right. about knowing that these things are going to s- sneak in, in, you know, into your clothes and attach themselves to you and they're hard to find hard to feel Um, but i I feel like i'm so sensitive these days that uh it it doesn't take much you know take much i I would imagine uh in my lifetime the feeling of having something crawling on me and actually finding nothing there has happened way more than actual ticks right uh, you start thinking about it and it kind of gets yeah it's out of hand well that's right everybody knows that if you find one Suddenly, feel like you might be covered with them. All right, where's the, where are the others? My skin is alive. But yeah, you grab and you hold on tight, and it's like, all right, what can I? All right, I'm just going to squeeze the head off, and you just have to take, take a vengeance. Out that pocket knife. How 
dare you invade this is, my... This is called vivisection, my friend. I'm cutting you <laughs> asunder. Well, you know, and some, and some legitimate cure-alls here. I mean, just any good bug dope, generally. You know, a good bug, bug spray, bug repellent will we'll probably handle it. And, and I've been yeah. told, you know, well, if you're going out, you put the long pants on. I was like, really? I'm wearing shorts. Yeah, I'd I want to be able to see, see what's yeah. going on here. I don't. I don't love the. Excuse me. I got to go drop trowel. Right. I feel like I've got a five things crawling up my my right leg. Yeah. No way. Not happening. And the beauty of the Swiss Army knife, folks, or the or the Leatherman tool, or whatever you might have, you got a knife blade. It usually includes a tweezers too. And uh, yeah, I've been lucky again in that I, as far as I know, I don't know that I've ever had a tick actually attached. Oh. Um, there again, I've heard, you know, wet down the head of a match and rub it on the tick's head. Other than getting, you know, match goo all over your skin, I'm not sure that it really does anything. I've also heard my mom used to always say, let's put some clear nail polish on it. Huh. It'll choke it. It'll Yeah, and then it's glued to my arm. What a great idea. Yeah, now i got to Come off in two skin. to three weeks. I just grab a tweezer, you know, grab a tweezer. Now, the deer tick, I've heard, you really do have to get a tweezer out, and you want to make sure you get that head Get the head out. Out. Yeah. of that wound and again my daughter the only one in my family that i know of that's ever had one and and we were i was she was probably playing softball or soccer or something and we went mm-hmm. to a family birthday party and my niece was hanging out with my daughter much older and kind of looking at her and talking to her and hey what do you got on your leg there livy it looks like uh, and all of a sudden oh that's i don't know it looked like a little scab or something she said no that's a tick oh dear and tiny i mean the the deer ticks are so small yeah yeah and uh, yeah, it was it was hanging on for dear life. They got a tweezer and they got the rubbing alcohol, and off it went. We watched her closely, wanted to make sure she didn't get the little bullseye target. And yeah, do we have to go to the doctor or something like that? You know, but it was those those are kind of freaky. Deer ticks are so small, and they you know the Lyme disease situation. I mean, that's yeah, it certainly validates your well, deet usage if you're going to be out in the, right. in the deep woods without a doubt i know my dad is very concerned every year he's always drilling into us okay make sure you got to be careful about those deer ticks Boy, at the know. very least your your shoes and socks get 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 the get the yeah. bug spray all over right without a doubt kind of leading us into our next if you're in the wrong part of the state in the wrong month black flies and gnats oh goodness now gnats annoying you know i played a lot of youth baseball back in my day i know you did as well mm-hmm. standing out there in center field and yeah. these things just zipping around your head like in clouds right if you're yelling into the infield or whatever <laughs> you get a yeah. mouthful of these things or <laughs> yes they fly into your eye you're like oh yeah. come on what in how did these you know and very irritating. Don't hit the ball now. You know, I can't see yeah. it in my right eye. <laughs> I'm blinded for a moment here. My goodness. the bl- I will say this much. If you're up north, you know, north of, of uh, say, the Brainerd area, or even in the Brainerd area, but when the black flies come out. Yeah. Uh, Man, my, those hurt. My one BW trip, you know, going to the Boundary Waters. Uh, boy, we got up there right on the hatch. Oh, my gosh. And I have never seen so many black flies in my life. And, and one of our trips... At the favorite family camp, they were they were they were everywhere. You'd get off, you know, get out of the car, get out of the little transport bus or whatever, and it was just you'd watch these clouds descend. Oh <laughs> my gosh! Follow us all over camp, and uh, what time of year is this? Ah, uh, June. June. Yeah, yeah, early June, early through mid June. Yeah, and then and then the predation starts, and things are eating them. They're you know, whoop, cold night, and some of them froze out or died off or whatever. But yeah, well, those black flies are something else. They bite for being tiny. Yeah. You can bite through anything. I've, I remember sitting on, on the porch at one point. I had two pairs of socks on. 
under long pants, and I watched a black fly bite through my two pairs of socks. <laughs> like, you've got to Ow. be kidding me. And I was sitting near a, a friend who was up at the same time, a science teacher. He said, it's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. Something that small can bite through two layers of socks. You'd hate to... You'd hate to see a microscopic image of that like oh like a dracula the mandibles on those things must right just be intense huge tusks yeah, saber-toothed here, here tiger we are enlarged a thousand times look at the <laughs> yeah. size of that thing oh my god we usually uh the, yeah in the summertime if we're getting wet in the water and we're floating on on a, some kind of a mattress or you got inner, inner tube, tube or something yeah that's that's when come. i've Fortunately, it hasn't been clouds descending upon us, but yeah, you just all of a sudden you get that sharp pain on your leg or your arm. Is oh, look it's, down, it's a tiny little black fly. You think a horse fly just got a ch- no, it's minute, but boy, yeah. does it bite, yeah, without a doubt. And again, you know, I think just the idea, deed it up, you know, if you can. I know a lot of people are against the idea, bring up their homemade sort of kumbaya mixtures of typified, you know, essential oils and all this kind of stuff. If it works, great, more power to you, but all I can think is you know, you're just adding a sauce for that fly. It's like, ooh, I'm getting a little lavender with my blood today. That's, 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 that's I pleasant. I have a friend who so is so sleepy. like a major, like, Eagle Scout leader. Yes. I think he's recently retired from that. Okay, but, all right. You know, his two kids are avid, you know, they're they're like 18 and Outdoors 17 now, and they're... You bet. They're always camping and doing all kinds of Girl Scout, Boy Scout things. I, I finally asked him one day, because I think that was on the year that my family for Father's Day got me, you know, my my uh, bug kill, my electric bug killer, you know. You plug it in, it's got a purple light. Oh, and, yeah. And the, Listen to the zaps. And, right. <laughs> I asked him, I said, so what, you know, what is the best, you know, repellent for bugs? Or, or what, do, what do you think about all these citronella candles and these... Little butane uh, units that Pocket. burn kind of a affair, yeah. Which all work to some degree, but he said, you know, you just you just can't beat DEET. You know, that's right. you know, in all his experience, that's really the only thing that is the most reliable to keep you from getting really bothered and driven chewed crazy up, and chewed up, chewed yeah. up by these bugs. Well, and a lot of people react real, real adversely, fud, to, to the DEET? bites of uh, oh, to the bites. black flies. Yeah. Maybe not gnats so much, but black flies and the next contestant on our, our list here, the deer flies and the horse flies. Man, oh, yeah. those guys, you know, and deer flies and horse flies. Now, those are the ones where if you decide to go for a nice nature walk or just let's go for a walk after dinner, and just, we'll stay on the main road, you know. Right. And, and you can see the shadows of these things just doing loops around <laughs> your head. Yeah. Every step you yeah. take, and you're yeah. like, are you, you know, and pretty soon you got a cloud of them. Now you're running. Yeah. Now you're waving your hat over your head. It's just crazy. The unleashed fury of nature. Bjorn Jr. is a guy who he'll he'll get bit by these things and he swells up. Oh. I mean, um, I just remember a summer we came back down from from Ely and he we, we were in the midst of baseball season and his hair was getting a little longer. And he decided, nah, I wanna I want a buzz cut, you know, for baseball season. It's hot and we got his hair cut very short and he came back from the, the hair hair cutting place. He looked like he had, you know, leprosy or something. I was like, look at your head. <laughs> oh, all my God. It was bites? just lumps and lumps and scabs. <laughs> I was like, Jeez. oh, my God. I feel bad for you because it's 
repellent. I mean, it's ah, you know, <laughs> you know look at it this it's way, Dad. Scary. They won't want to use my batting helmet. And I was like, well, you got that right. Good <laughs> Lord. <laughs> Just label it. This is Bjorn Jr. Is, is it uh, catching? Yeah. I mean, I'm okay. not using that. <clears throat> oh, wow. Yeah. That's. I, I forget which it is. I, I feel like the horsefly is the jumbotron. That's the really big I think so. fly. And when it bites, it takes a legitimate chunk out of your skin. Yeah. And you know it. And the good news is they're big enough, you know they're there. And they're almost slow enough that you yeah. know, just well-timed, and you can put that thing out of its misery right away before it gets a chunk of you. But the deer flies, I think those are the ones that have almost the, the like black and white bars across their eyes. They almost look like alien little creatures. <laughs> and but I mean, it's a good-sized fly. Yeah. And they're they're indefatigable, man. I mean, they're fast and they're they're furious. Yeah. And uh, when one gets gets presence of you. Several hundred more are on their way. You know, it's just like, oh, come on, and and there too. I mean, that that is something where the whole idea of like, boy, a good there's there's just I've I've got a couple hats that I wear to camp that are just soaked in deet, you know, <laughs> yeah. and uh, it it works for a while, and yeah. then they're kind of like, yeah, whatever, we're tougher than this. Yes, we're deet persistent. My feet. Yeah, we're, we're going to get at you. We're one coming at you. There was a summer. Uh, uh, or I should say a spring where we were doing some, some maintenance work up there and, a, and we had a task where we were outside with power sanders and the black flies and the horse flies, deer flies were out and it was thick and uh, a friend of ours, my buddy and I were doing, sand down all these canoe paddles, refinish the canoe paddles and a friend of ours said, well you guys take these you'll need these and they were the the head kind of canopies you know, oh, the, sure. net, the net right. kind of deal. With mosquito netting and uh we put them on, but unless you can tie the thing so tight around your neck, you're almost losing consciousness. <laughs> they have a means of, uh, it was like, well, now I have about 18 of these things inside, inside. the net, you know, landing in my eyes. And she's like, I, I'm just going to have to take this off. Thank you so kindly, but I can't use this thing. And we just, you know, ended up wow. tying bandanas over our nose and mouth and, and hats down tight over your eyes and hood up and the whole bit and it was nice and warm and like, wow Oy. doesn't sound wow. like fun sweating to the oldies yeah with the power sanders and the, i think pretty soon we were covered in so much fine sawdust that they couldn't bite through us anyway but <laughs> well like, my goodness these things but there too deet you know there's no escape i think the farther north you get the closer to the canadian border you get the more it's almost kind of a a mandatory you know you're gonna have to have some kind of deep protection with you because it's just crazy i'm just recalling now we've brought up tom brown jr a few times yeah and, uh, oh yeah the naturalist i i remember think uh reading that uh his his best all-natural way to uh keep bugs from you is to uh cover yourself in mud okay you know, not very practical for most of us um but of course he was doing survivalist kind of stuff yeah, and yeah, out on yeah. his own for days on end and really living the hard you know surviving on you bet on in the woods with nothing so i i keep thinking of that wondering like well someday i'd like to try that i just it, it'd be fun i don't even know where you'd find a mud puddle and so sandy up in the right. river it's like i'd try it and don't know if it would work but uh, so yeah if you're if you find yourself dropped in the middle of nowhere and the bugs are getting to you that's the secret. Cover yourself Cover in mud. Cover yourself in mud. Uh, I thought there was another thing about fire, too. Like if you're, you get so full of the smoke from the I, fire. I get the funny feeling. Yeah, I think enough enough campfire smoke might uh, might have 
kind of a deterrent capacity to it. And, and let me tell I'm going right into <clears throat> something that will not work. Now, yeah. my, uh, my mother-in-law is convinced that a dryer sheet oh, yeah. will... Oh, yeah. You t- put it in your hat. Yeah, put it in your hat or... Uh, now your hair smells like... Put it in your shirt. Dryer fresh underwear. <laughs> and you're getting bit right and left. How about that? Yeah, it's because uh, when my girls were still playing soccer a few years ago, we were out in an evening game. And the sun had gone down, and bugs came out. And oh my God, right oh, through yeah. talking about right through your socks, well, oh, through oh, my yeah. pants and everything. Oh, and here yeah. I'm, I'm rubbing my mother-in-law's uh, dryer sheets she brought along <laughs> for everybody, and I'm saying this does not work. <laughs> so yeah, that doesn't work. Yeah, try I've mud heard that. or deet. You'll smell nice. Yeah, you know. Fresh linen and blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What an alluring combination. What is that smell? It's fresh linen and my own blood. So <laughs> I know. It's like it's, it's no, no emerald f- wave. Fun to want to sure. spray DEET on yourself. Uh, but the thing of it is, is I'm always needing to take a soak in the lake before retiring for the night oh, in the bet. cabin. Or we have the luxury of a little shower. You bet. Shower it off. And uh, as shower I off. said before, I, I, I love that convenience. After Stay indoors after you've showered. Of day of getting sticky and bit and coatings of DEET, you know. You so. bet. But I remember that as a kid, you know. Hey, we're riding bikes. Not a lot to do today. Okay, well, it's one in the afternoon. Everybody's taking a nap or dad's doing some make work he's created for himself right i don't really want to join in on that i'm gonna get on my bike and take off and i'd ride down daggett pine road and uh this was before it was redone and twice as wide and beautifully surfaced and new new highway paint and the whole bit it was just a beat up old country highway and yeah uh, oh my goodness i mean it was just thick thick maple and oak woods pines all around you and man if you were in the shade the horse flies and deer flies. I, I'd never ridden that fast in my life. <laughs> they were just clouds of them yeah. chasing you around and, and circling your head and all that good stuff. And all I can think was, how fast can I get back to the cab? Either get in the water, yeah, which was usually my. I just drop the bike and run straight. You know, I was always in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah, I'd lose the shoes and just in I go. Look out, gangway, uh, or just get back in the cabin. You know, close yeah. that door, grab the fly swatter. And right. If you followed me in. You're going to pay for it. You're going to pay for it. Well Done is back there signaling it's time for a sponsor break, so stay tuned for some important messages from our sponsors, and we'll be back with more Cabin Country right after this. It's intermission time. Take it away! Get more out of life. We suggest you treat yourself to hot melted cigarettes for a snack or a meal. Boy, does Junior go for them. And Sis likes them, too. These melted cigarettes made even more exciting with smooth, rich chocolate coating. Yum, yum. Come and get them right now. They are hot. They are delicious. We suggest you attend the church or synagogue right now for these mouth-watering hot melted cigarettes. The favorite of young and old alike for a snack or a meal. Hot melted cigarettes. Plenty for everybody. Yours is waiting for you. Right now. Hot sun in the fishing boat. That logie feeling in the deer stand. Flying dust and pine needles as you mow the lawn. All situations that work up a thirst. And nothing answers that thirst like an ice cold soda right out of the fridge or cooler. No one works harder to bring you cold drinks than Thirsty Dan, the duck boat man. <laughs> 
Thursday Dan grew up mowing St. Louis County lawns and walking the cornfields on drive hunts. Dan knows what it means to anchor in the shallows, casting for smallies under the heat of a late afternoon sun. A body wants something cold and refreshing, and Thirsty Dan has created a full slate of thirst-quenching sodas to meet everyone's needs, regardless of the task that raised that thirst. Thirsty Dan offers cold creek cold of the sleepy deer stalker. Nothing cuts through that mental fog like a refreshing juniper cold. To the angler wondering if they've put on one too many a layer, Thirsty Dan's got muskeg mist, a citrus-flavored, lightly carbonated shot of sweetness and energy. And for that person covered in sweat and pine dust, turn off the mower and pound down a cold bottle of Saskatoon Surprise. The right amount of carbonation blended with the sweetness of June berries and the surprising twang of wild black cherries. Man, what a treat on a hot summer's day. Whatever's causing you to dream of cold drinks this summer, Thirsty Dan the Duck Boat Man has the drinks you'll need. And Dan's sodas come in both glass and aluminum, depending on where you're headed and whichever is preferred. The cold drinks from Thirsty Dan the Duck Boat Man. Good for what ails you. And now, Real Adventures of the CCOA, the Cabin Country Outdoors Agents, featuring Officer Torgi Torgeson on his tireless efforts to maintain law and order in the unpredictable wilds of cabin country. Tonight, Episode 1, Big Boy. Cabin Country. People coming up from large towns and cities to get away from the madness of the work week. A place to wet a line, do some trips around the lake on water skis, or just take a well-deserved nap. Cabin Country is a beloved destination for all kinds of people from all walks of life. I'm a Cabin Country Outdoors agent. It's my job to be sure that weekend fun seekers and Cabin Country wildlife can coexist peacefully if possible. It's the reason I wear the hat and the badge. It was a warm July Saturday morning at the office. I'd just been on the horn with the DNR. Crow Wing River cabin owner was calling out a neighbor for trying to alter the riverfront by adding paver stones at the water's edge and a seawall along the shoreline. The cabin owner was well aware that the riverfront shoreline cannot be dug away or changed by riverfront leaseholders. The shoreline has to be left in its natural state. While I could commiserate with the caller, there was little the outdoors agency could do. This was a matter for the DNR, and I forwarded her complaint to the state agency. We also had a call concerning a group of young boys around Horseshoe Lake killing chipmunks with BB guns for sport. Agent Mac McKinney had been dispatched to the area with some literature on the agency's live-and-let-live policy concerning non-pest animals. Maybe Mac could win them over with a speech on good karma, and if that didn't work, maybe the hat and the badge would. I had just refilled my travel mug when I got a call from a cabin owner on Clamshell Lake. His name was Ted Benson, but he went by the nickname Red. He even had it on his cabin sign, he told me. Red had made it up to his lake place around 9 o'clock on Friday night to find his trash cans dumped over and trash bags ripped wide open. The contents of the bags were all over the driveway near the road. Red had cleaned things up, tied off the new bags to replace the old ones, and had made sure the can lids were on tight. At that point, Red had gone into the lake place for the night and sat down with his weekend guests to play some cards and have a few drinks. Upon rising in the morning, Red and Betty Benson were met with a familiar scene. Trash cans over again, and the new doubled-up bags were ripped wide open and garbage strewn everywhere. Red was still a fan of the aluminum trash cans, and the lids were now bent all out of shape. He called me to come out to his place on a 451, suspected bear raid on garbage cans. I nodded to Chief Martinez as I headed out to our lot. 
I hopped in the pickup and turned the key. As the engine warmed up, I shook my head in wonder. How many times would we have to tell these weekenders from the cities and the suburbs that you can't leave full trash cans sitting out in the woods? Especially for a stretch of time like a week. You might get away with it in the city, but not when your structure was near wildlife. And some of that wildlife has a taste for things that end up in the trash cans. I followed the cabin signs for the Clamshell Lake properties as soon as I turned off Highway 16. Most of these lake homes had either asphalt or cement driveways leading to the cabins. Most of the cabins seemed to have garages or other outbuildings that matched the lake home. Trash cans being raided was not going to fly in this neck of the woods. I stopped the truck, adjusted the hat, and got out of the truck. Red was on his way out to meet me. You must be Officer Torgerson. Mr. Benson. I got here as quick as I could. Oh, you can call me Red. That's my name. No need for formalities. All right, Red. Well, you can call me Torgy. Red, tell me what you've got going on here. Well, Torgy, my wife Betty and I were here till the early part of last week, and I usually like to call the local trash guy for a pickup, but, well, time just got away from us. You know how it is with guests. A lot of golf and fishing and poker. And, well, pretty soon it was Monday night, and Betty and I were still here. Oh, we packed up as quickly as we could, headed back to the cities. Then by about Thursday, I realized I hadn't called for the trash pickup. Well, I thought, maybe it'll be okay. I've actually done this before and come back with no problems, but when we pulled in Friday night and I was met with trash all over the driveway, I knew something was up. Some of it had blown into the neighbor's property, and that's not good. So I took a moment while Betty brought in the groceries, and I got the garbage rebagged and I double-bagged it before putting it back in the cans. I had my suspicions, but then when I heard noises again this morning, those suspicions were confirmed. What do you mean, Red? Well, my trash cans are large, and they've got those Ceylon kind of lids, you know, that have the lip. It takes some work to get those lids off. And the cans were heavy with trash as well. It would take a bear to pull those lids off and tip the cans over. We don't want a hungry bear in the neighborhood. So you uh, you saw a bear, Red? It sure looked like a bear. Big. It would need to be big to tip these cans and pry off the lids. Well, I saw the thing's hind end loping off through the woods across the road over there when I came out to get my golf clubs this morning. And Well, I know it was just before sunrise and the light wasn't great, but it looked and moved like a black bear. Torgi, the neighbors and I want him gone. Come again, Red? This bear is too close for comfort. I assured Red Benson that the agency was on it, and I called the particulars back to the base over the radio. Reports were not ironclad, but news of a large pest animal usually made it back to us with a fair amount of accuracy. I started doing a slow troll in the neighborhood in the truck looking for signs. Tree scratches, broken undergrowth, wild berry patches or owner-planted stands of raspberries. None of it showed up. This was a fairly developed area of cabin country. Paved roads, landscaping, gazebos, mailboxes. Shucks, a bear would seem out of place here. If there was a bear, though, I'd probably see other cans with dented lids or warped sides. Signs that in recent past the bear had accessed trash. I didn't see any such signs. The radio crackled. Target, I've checked the report for the last couple of weeks around Lower Hay, Berth, and Clamshell. No bear sightings. Doesn't mean you don't have a bear out there. But if you do, it's a recent arrival. Red Benson had seen a large animal running away from his trash can this very morning. According to Red, it was large. Large as a bear. It was pre-dawn when Red saw this critter, and Red had drunk his morning coffee. I had no reason not to trust Red's judgment. 
I set the hat on the truck seat and drove, and as I did so, I began to wonder, just what did we have here, and what were we going to do about it? Be sure to join Officer Torgi Torgerson in the next exciting episode of Real Adventures of the CCOA, right here on Cabin Country. Now back to Bjorn and Fudd in Cabin Country. Mosquitoes, you know, what do we need to say? I mean, they're yeah. everywhere. They're omnipresent. They're, uh, you know, we live here in, in kind of the suburbs of the city or the city proper, and they do a pretty good job of yeah. mosquito maintenance. And, and I'm, I'm sure there's some kind of downside to that, too, that just is probably not great for the environment uh, but but you know when you get out of the city limits they they're back yeah <laughs> right this is our kingdom my friend and uh, yeah boy and, and camping always involved and we did a lot of camping uh, prior to the kids getting to be adult age and we always had multiple packs of those mosquito coils mossy coils you know yeah and light yeah. them and put them on the picnic table and have one on each end, maybe four if it was really getting <laughs> right, thick. And yeah. I mean, it was a thick, heady smoke, you know, and just yeah. kind of, <laughs> how you doing over there? <laughs> you know, but at least you weren't getting bit. Yeah. And yeah. then if you also had a campfire going, so campfire, right. then the mosquito coils, and you still had, you know, deep woods on you or the sportsman dry or whatever. Yeah. Things were going to be okay. I, I feel like mosquitoes are just slow enough and kind of clueless enough that. It's it's right. not like the black flies. It's not like yeah, the deer flies. You don't have to. They're not dropping out of the trees to land on your head. You know, it's just uh, what we're kind of used to. Here they come, and just be quick with the quick with the hand action, and you'll kill them. Yeah, I mentioned the uh, electric bug killer. You know that uh, I got, and I think I've probably talked about this before. About how I'll bring that up to the cabin sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and it didn't. It wasn't until after dark that the mosquitoes started clamoring for the you know the light the green yeah. flashing kind of light and so zapper i'd i'd uh wake up the next morning and go look and the thing would be filled with the carcasses <laughs> uh, kind of a fuzzy you know mound of of dead mosquitoes and deceased kind of yeah. satisfying in a way but it didn't really do the job in the dusky hours while, you while were we were there, yeah. starting to get you know i was like come on Twilight this thing is hours i wanted it to be like Hypnotizing. Come over here. Enjoying the fire and the gloaming. Look into the light. <laughs> Nothing. But, Nothing. But yeah, it yet. wasn't until later at night, I think, that they came in. And right. Then I'd have to clean the thing, and I'd think, well, okay, it worked, but and did I take a couple of thousand mosquitoes from hatching more? Or well, and am I wrong here, Fud, too? Or weren't you gifted at one point with, with yeah. the, the classic? It was a Father's Day gift. It looks like a tennis racket. Oh, yeah, that's right. A couple <laughs> years ago. <laughs> yes. But it's uh, electric. Yeah, and you're gonna run around chasing mosquitoes yes. with your electric tennis racket. Yeah, that's doing doing your best. Again, uh, you know, you get a couple of little electrical cracks and right. buzzes, and and that's kind of Pete satisfying. Sampras. <laughs> he's swinging for the fences over there. Look at him; he's never looked better. <laughs> but uh, ultimately, I don't know. That's the novelty of it. Kind of goes away quickly. So. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, actually, I wrote that down here, Fudd, on the list. Ignore the missives about dryer sheets, other than smelling like oh, yeah, you do have a it. nice, fresh pair of socks. You're still going right. to be getting bit right so nice and left, and bit right and left. Yes, I, I threw work. this last one in there just for 
kind of grins here because I, you know, again, I think this is more a southern thing, Fudd. I really do. But you always see it on the cans of spray. Will repel chiggers. 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 Now, I have you ever been affronted by, by chiggers? Have you ever? As, as a matter of fact, I have. Have you really? Now, here in Minnesota? Yes. Okay. Do tell. I had gotten very itchy, and maybe it was kind of a swimmer's itch as well. I don't okay. know. Okay. Combo platter. Sometimes I'll be taking the, the you know some weeds off of the, the sure. shoreline a little oh, yeah. bit. Um, don't nobody tell the DNR about that. I might get in trouble. I know nothing. But um, yeah, I, if I start cleaning a lot of weeds out and I'm all wet and mucky and who, you know who knows what I've stepped into or been into, gotten. On, but after a while, I was really itchy, and it wasn't the familiar poison ivy itch. That's a whole other story we'll get right. into in a moment. But. But and it wasn't mosquito bites and that kind of a thing, and it wasn't individual bites. It was like a cluster, of, like redness, and it's also kind of in the warmer regions, of in the crevices of your Uh-oh, body, the nooks and crannies. And so then, in researching that, in fact, I, let's see, I'm looking right here online. Good lord, chigger bites are itchy and red bumps that can look like pimples, blisters, or small hives. They are usually found around the waist, ankles, or in warm skin folds. Uh oh. They get bigger and itchier over several days. Oh boy. And often appear in groups. Chigger bites start to itch within hours of the chigger attaching to the skin. Gee. Now that's all I have in this little paragraph. The thing of it is, is that there's kind of a myth out there that oh, they burrow and lay eggs under your skin and then they hat. But that's not true. No, no. This is the bite. Are, it's the bite. Yeah. Yeah. That you're reacting to, and yeah, it lasts for a few days. But it was, yeah, I just remember, uh, in, yeah, in the warm folds of <laughs> of, of parts. Everyone who knows you thinks you have some kind of strange uh, disease. What is that, going uh, on there? <laughs> been picking up uh, someplace. Uh, Can you uh, scratch the warm your, folds somewhere? What you've been up to? Uh, I don't know about this. But well, interestingly yeah. enough, now the website I was looking at, uh, it, was, it was actually a Texas. DNRs. Oh, okay. I guess they're kind of a big deal the farther south you get. Okay. And they look tiny, but bright red. The bug itself. Oh, bright yeah. red. Okay. I, maybe that. I, I hope nobody was having fun with Photoshop. I'm not sure, but it. it no, looked, I'm seeing them right here. Looked on like a tiny little, almost wood tick bull weevil kind of thing. Yeah. And bright red, and uh, what they swear by down south. A, keep your lawn mowed. Keep oh, the grass yeah. short. Okay. Keep the grass short. Um, but they say that the smells that will drive chiggers away are vinegar, garlic, or sulfur. If you can oh. get powdered sulfur and kind of spread that around the yard, it'll, it'll kind of encourage them to go go into your neighbor's lawn, and they can have problems with their warm folds. Um, That's disgusting. You know, keep the lawn cut short, wear socks, wear long pants. There's also something you can put out there for a lot of different pests. Uh, referred to as, uh, it's kind of a food grade, if you will, diatomaceous earth. Diatomaceous, diatomaceous earth. earth. And it's this little kind of crystalline kind of powder. Oh, that's you. And things like a chigger will eat this, and it just cuts them to shreds. Oh, <laughs> wow. Cuts them to shreds. And I've, I've, I've read that you can use that, too, for some of the, the various uh, kind of soft-bodied larvae that may run amok in your lawn and cause problems uh, grubs and things like that diatomaceous earth oh, okay. cut, basically cuts them apart from the inside oh my gosh and that, I thought uh, wow that sounds vicious but uh, hey you know <laughs> better that than yes looking like you have a social disease so uh, yeah, yeah wow. without a doubt chiggers ish 
Well, vinegar, yeah. boy, that's one of those uh, multiple, multiple uses for vinegar. Oh, yeah. Oh, Household yeah. and... You bet disinfectant, uh, mold killer. Right. And apparently drives away the chiggers. Yeah, so that's... who knew it? Well, your lawn can smell like hard-boiled eggs and vinegar. Your lawn will <laughs> smell like an egg salad, but you'll get yes. rid of the chiggers. So how bad can that be? Well, that leads us then into the wild world of problematic plants. Plants. Edible plants. And the fun you can have in it. And ironically enough, number one on the list is both a plant pest, but when boiled, is actually edible. The stinging nettle. The stinging nettle. Yes, wow. indeed. The stinging nettle. I, uh, I've had this several times. I don't know about yourself. I've, I've brushed up against nettles. I oh, yes. recall being at one of the state parks, Banning State Park. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, yeah. and scrambling down the, the, the kind of the cliff sides on some paths to get down by the, the riverside. And tripping at one point over a, a rock, and I think it was a combo platter, large piece of limestone and a, like an oak root, and I lost my footing, and I went hands down, forearms down, into a patch of nettles, and Yowch. came back up, and it was just immediate. It's like oh, you almost yeah. feel like you've just like run your arms full up to the elbows into like yeah. fiberglass or something. Right. Just, oh <laughs> man, it kind of itches, it kind of burns, it burns, it stings. Yeah. And you do get those those kind of bumps and lumps all over you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it does feel... I got it in Barnum, too, helping a, a friend clean up a cabin lot at one point. Oh, okay. It's like, I got into nettles because my legs are on fire, you know? And if you <laughs> yeah. can tough it out for a while, it really doesn't last all that long. Stinging right. nettles, it's a fairly short-term affliction. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I love to watch this chef on PBS. He's a Scandinavian guy. Andreas Vistad, new Scandinavian cooking and he goes in, and he'll even barehand the stuff. Oh my! Really? He'll just yeah. And he and I don't understand that at all. I don't know what technique he's got down, but he'll he'll pull up a bunch of nettles, uh, and he'll even say, "Well, maybe you want to wear gloves if you're going to do this because there is a skin irritant here." <laughs> but he'll 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 cook it, and then it's edible. Then it's like almost like collard greens or something. It's a as Yule Gibbons would say, it's a it's a pot herb. An edible pot herb. You can pot herb. cook it like cooked spinach. So delicious. I mean, stalks high in vitamin C. Leaves, uh, the leaves roots? predominantly. The, the leaves, yeah, huh. the, the leaves themselves. Okay. But uh, the good thing about stinging nettles, and I learned this from uh, a Boundary Waters area naturalist, wherever there's stinging nettles growing, there's probably water. Oh. And what that means is there's also growing right in proximity to stinging nettles, almost always. Spotted touch me not, known better as jewelweed. 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 And it gets these beautiful orange or yellow flowers on them. It'll get these seed pods kind of in the midsummer, early fall. And if you touch the seed pod when it's ripe, it explodes. It just <laughs> boom and it sends seeds all over the place. It reseeds wow. itself. Which is a wonderful thing because if you get stinging nettles and you grab a stalk of jewelweed, it's very mucilaginous. It's very, very soft-bodied. You know, the stalks are soft and almost, mm-hmm. almost kind of opaque, translucent. Um, oh, can't really see through them. Wait a minute, the sun's shining right. Yes, I can. Kind of like an aloe vera, almost. Oh, really? And you crush it up and you rub it on the nettles, and it cancels out the sting and the burn. Well, why is it called touch me not? Because of the seed pods. If you touch the seed pod. They just pop. Oh, okay. It seems like kind of a weird name for it, honestly. Yeah. But uh, witch hazel, too, I'm told. Witch hazel, when the seed pod is ripe, it just pops. It sends seeds okay. in all kinds of directions. But totally different plant and 
not really what we're discussing right now, but <laughs> helpful. Which hazel too is an astringent, you know, is, yeah. a good, is a good substitute for rubbing alcohol. So interesting how that works. But huh. yeah, wherever you're going to find nettles, you don't have to look too hard. You'll probably find jewelweed all over the place. Jewel Spotted weed jewelweed, spot. yes. Okay. And uh, my sister and her husband just built a nice place on uh, White Bear Lake. Okay. You know, White Bear Lake, beautiful. And then you go down to the to the dock, and, and it's interesting. Lots of wild black cap raspberries all over the place. Ooh. White white baneberry all over the place, but also stinging nettles. And I said, okay. wow, hey, you know, brother-in-law, sister, you know, you get some stinging nettles here. And like, yeah, you just stay away from it. I said, I bet if we look real hard, and sure enough, there was jewelweed all over the place. Oh, really? And I, we, I showed showed my sister the fun of like, I see that seed pod there? Watch this. Boing. Oh, my goodness. Look at that. Huh. So we had, you know, my, my daughter, when she was young, and my son, they both, that, that, that was the coolest <laughs> thing ever. We'd be up in, up in Ely, you know, Burnside Lake, and it's all over the place. Yeah. And uh, that became, got nothing to do for a while. Let's go. Let's go touch some touch-me-not seed pods and watch them explode, you know. Nature's fire crackers. Well, and the beautiful thing there, too, is near all that will be sweet gale, which is a, a natural plant that uh, kind of a gray gray leaf, and uh, you crush those leaves, and it smells. They call it, you know, North Country Bayberry. It smells just like bayberry candles. Hmm. Really kind of spicy, sweet smell. It's really cool. It grows all along the waterfront next to the jewel weeds. So there you go. So. Be- more better plants to see than just the stinging nettle but uh so impress your friends if they oh i just touched some stinging well here let me let me solve that for you let's Let's, find some jewelweed here you bet you bet and by the way watch this how about that whoa you can be dazzled and soothed at the same time. that's right both dazzled and soothed i think that that was that was an old air supply song wasn't it (laughs) dazzled dazzled and soothed (laughs) (laughs) well that that kind of walks us into if stinging nettles is sort of the the weak cousin. We're going to hit the big daddy here. Oh, boy. You have a lot of personal experience with this one, Fudd. Poison ivy. It's oh, boy. all over the banks of the Gull River. Oof, da. And uh, when Fee I was younger, da. I didn't really react to it, but Ish, each da. each year I get older, it's worse and worse. And once you get it, it, it you have it for like 14 days. It's just, Oh, yeah. I can't stand it. Even my cousin Doug, you know, he... Uh, Last summer, we we had our dogs in our boat, the tracker, and we we kind of floated right up to Doug in his dock. His uh, his uh, wife Julie was there, and and our dog kind of naturally thought, "Oh, we're going to stay here." So she jumped out onto the onto Doug's dock. Yeah, but Doug kind of wouldn't touch. He said, "I can't touch dogs up here because even touching a dog who's been around poison ivy and I just break out." Oh it's wow! Just, so yeah. I mean, I guess he and I are in the same boat uh, where it's it's just no fun when right. you get poison ivy. You hear about it, and, oh, there's even a song about it. And But, yeah, once you're, if you react to it and it stays with you for a long time, it's just no fun. Well, and I think, you know, if we're going to quote that song, you're going to need an ocean of calamine, calamine lotion. lotion. And i got to be honest, from what I know of poison ivy, it doesn't matter how many quarts of calamine lotion you yeah. anoint your skin in. It's just it's not really going to do the job. No, it just, I mean, you have to keep applying it. And I've tried a variety of different anti-itching things. And I think my doctor, his, what's the one that I always recommend? Anything that itches, it's the cortisone. You should use sure. cortisone. cortisone cream. Like a Benad- yeah. Maybe a Benadryl, too. Yeah. 
It's the allergic best reaction thing, at least according to my doctor. Doctor recommended. According cortisone. to the doctor. So, yes. well, I did see one website, and I don't think it was sponsored by the soap maker in either case. But uh, one website said, as soon as you know you've touched it, mm-hmm. wash thoroughly with Dawn. Ah, the detergent. Dish soap. Yeah, because there's a it it's a it's a it, it works on separating oil. You know, gets rid of the fats or the oil. Oh, sure, okay. And poison ivy's, it's a it's an oil. You know, yeah. it's that, that that is causing your skin the problems. Um, I can't vouch for that. Again, we might get somebody writing into our our website to say, "Yep, it works. You're right, Bjorn. Absolutely." Or you're out of your mind, buddy. Now you smell like fresh dishes and you itch. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Better I than dryer know. sheets. Better than dryer sheets. The other was a bar soap that's kind of a specialty soap it's uh been, been around to, for a while been around it? a long time fells naphtha oh yes fells naphtha supposedly if you wash aggressively with fells naphtha soap uh, you know that might might be good for what ails you i don't know i don't know i've been very lucky fud and then there was a couple years where you and i went up and we cleared some brush and we moved some stuff around we raked some leaves we split a lot of wood and i would get a patch on my right arm yeah. And it would itch for weeks. And yeah. I thought, man, I must have gotten into it. I must have gotten into it. And it turned out it was actually just kind of a weird uh, skin allergy I had oh, towards okay. something. Yeah. Not poisonous. No, not at all. In fact, I would get it before it, it started becoming a case that would, as soon as the spring hit, it would start becoming a problem again. And I was like, oh. are you telling me the poison ivy is coming back after a year of dormancy? That's impossible. <laughs> and it turned out it was just, nope, you've got to. Hmm. Very specific area, springtime skin allergy. And uh, would it spread and when you itched it? No, no, it would stay in the same I mean? place. But I mean, I would scratch it until I basically looked like I had chiggers, <laughs> <You know, those laughs> patterns of uh, little scabs all over the arm. I was like, I have to. You can't. Don't itch it. You know, leave it alone. Mind over matter. But boy, that's easier said than done sometimes. I just, uh, I got to call myself up on the, uh, I, I said, did you itch it? No, it's scratch. Scratch it. Yes. Did you scratch it? Did you scratch it? Uh, right. Sometimes, you know, an old, old childhood habit uh, dies You bet. You bet. At any you rate. Bet. Well, I find myself with poison ivy now. Uh, it's kind of a new, a new um, seasonal hunting uh thing i do i'll get a a bottle of something Mm -hmm. and and go out and try to find all the leaves just on our property sure and uh i i don't know i i I don't know if naturalists think that's a good idea or not mike lean or or uh you know stan tequila i should call them and what what do you think about that uh i try to just go and narrow in on oh i recognize it and i just shoot the leaves with this foaming stuff and hopefully eradicate it you know well supposedly there's a couple of real commonplace like household well again agents. like vinegar i vinegar, think I've, yeah. I've tried which sort of works and okay. sort of doesn't all right uh, all right for that but uh i you know one could take a dryer sheet and rub it on the, oh wait a minute no i don't think that's gonna work <laughs> well i think either. there's a few soaps too that apparently like seal the air breathing cells well, on, maybe, on the leaves i wonder if dawn itself well also. you never know you might have to run around with a Industrial-sized vat of let's have Don called Don Incorporated and yeah, see if we can't. Uh, would this would this do the trick? It's hard to say. We sponsor Don. A lot of those things you get will will kill the plant, but then kill every plant in in like five feet yeah vicinity. You know, and at the same time, I know some of those 
some of those plant killers are are pretty hard on the human body as well. So yeah, yeah. It's 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 well again it's that del- delicate balance of like uh, right there are some unpleasant trees we're trying to deal with but yes in taking care of those we kind of kill more than we need to so I think that is that is often the case. The family went east several summers in a row mm-hmm. and uh, we were camping at Nickerson State Park on uh-huh. Cape Cod. Wow. Sounds nice. Out in Massachusetts. Beautiful. But a gorgeous park. And right there on the Atlantic, you know, the the hook going out into the Atlantic Ocean. Right. It's it's just so wonderful. That said, I have never seen poison ivy like I saw out there. Oh, really? I mean, it was climbing up power poles and telephone poles. It was was incredibly thick. Wow. And I was just like, guys, you got to stay in the campsite because, man, this stuff is everywhere. And I, I don't think it's a different breed out here on the East Coast. That's poison ivy, and yeah. it is thick. I mean, I'd never seen poison ivy swallow a telephone pole before. Wow. But it was, and it going out across the power lines, oh my you know, just crazy. I was like, that's insane. Now, on that same trip, and there's something coming up here we're going we're gonna to mention shortly, but they were in the midst of a tent caterpillar invasion. Oh. And I, I'll save that for later. Okay. I'll just say this much, but put it this way. Our tent at night with clear skies and beautiful stars it sounded like it was raining all <laughs> night long oh my gosh. the mind races you can probably imagine where i'm going with that but let's just say i strung up several tarps over our picnic wow. table and our cook stove because i thought i don't need extra seasoning seasoning oh my yeah gosh. oh man my this hamburger helper has an interesting flavor well Sounds yes. like a Twilight Zone. Yes, it does. Arch Oberers oh. lights out everybody. Old radio Made horror story. Pot something. of campsite cowboy chili. What <laughs> truly f- interesting flavor and aroma are, are you've got working onions, here. Are those little onions? What have you got? To- That's uh, oh. onion seeds. What is this? I, yeah, it was bizarre. Uh, oh, Lastly, yeah. thank you, Stan Tequila, the the Grandmaster. Yes, I was. You know, you know, I've never seen poison oak. I don't know if I'd know it if I ran into it. Right. Until it was too late. And I just remember Stan saying, Bjorn, don't worry about it. We really don't have poison oak in Minnesota. Uh-huh. You shouldn't see it. You shouldn't see it. Um, so, And Stan is kind of the master of all things natural. I, I'm yeah. going to trust him on this one. I, I, I don't know that we would find it here in Minnesota. I just don't think it Well, it that's happens. good because I was looking at pictures of poison oak, and it seems to resemble the little shoots, seedlings of of. New oak trees. Yes. We've got a lot yes. of red oak and bur oak up there, a little bit of white oak up at the cabin. And, yeah. and so there's a lot of new seedlings. And you want to let them run, you know, just grow, yeah. Yeah. grow, get tall. So no, no poison oak. But I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. And I have no reason not to believe Stan. I mean, he knows right. what he's talking about. So he's, I'm going to, I'm going to take, the man. he knows. I'm going to make bank on that, as my cousins would say. So. <laughs> All right. Absolutely. That might not be the proper usage, but. Whatever I'm, 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 I'm a mature suburbanite at this point. So we'll just say let's not worry about poison oak because I don't think it's out there. Not in Minnesota. I guess there's poison sumac. Hmm. But it's yeah. pretty, pretty hard to find, and it, it's pretty obvious. The staghorn that we're used to seeing, the real furry red berries. Yeah. Beautiful bright orange red foliage in the early fall. That's yeah. That's. They don't not look the, the same. They're not okay. similar. Okay. Not at all. So I'm not going to worry too much about that. And, you know. I read one story where a guy said, I actually planted poison sumac around one of my gardens because I didn't want the grandchildren getting in there and causing problems. And I just tell them, 
this is bad for you, so stay away from it. It'll, it'll make you itch and hurt real bad. <laughs> and it worked. And I was like, wow. <laughs> Why couldn't you? What a, just, what a vicious tale. How about you just say, please stay out of the garden? Right. You know, yeah. Or just plant a, There's a non-poisonous plant and say, yeah. all right, stay away from that. Stay it's, away from that. It's... It'll do something funny to you. Um, High bush cranberry. I, you won't like it. A little bitter, kind of astringent. Yeah. There might be birds in there. Stay away. Yeah. Uh, that brings us to some, I, I don't really want to call them creepy crawlies because they're a little too big for that. So maybe I'll, we'll save those for the tail end. And I feel, and maybe we've done them justice already, Fudd. The snapping turtle? Do we really need to talk anymore about snapping turtles at this point? We have covered the snapping turtle. Well, what I know best about snappers is catch them on a big hook and then nail them to the tree. <laughs> head down, cut that head off, let them drain for a few days. And oh. The butcher shop is open. Man, all the different 75 kinds different <laughs> kinds of edible meat on that snapper. Oh, my goodness. You time it right and get to the Cracklin' Jack Pines, you might be in for something. I will say this. I took my sister on a birthday walk around the, the lake's minneapolis a few years ago and i was amazed to see all over the the sun-baked mud shores the south end of lake of the isles there were very large spiny soft-shelled turtles basking in the sun they were big fud good sized and these long skinny noses almost looked like a like a beak you know like oh really hog nose kind of strangest looking things in the world they've got a a rubbery shell it's kind of a soft shell Hence the name, the soft-shelled turtle. Very big. Now, I'm told, and I ride my bike around those lakes a lot, and, I, and if you time it right, you will see these big soft-shells just out there basking in the sun. They look really angry. Huh. Just their natural look. Their facial expression looks like a crabby old man. And reading up on it, every sight I saw, including the DNR, is steer clear of them. These things are uh, big. They're ornery. They will bite. They're very aggressive because they're defensive. Their shell doesn't really do, you know, proper defensive uh, job to keep them safe. Um, it's a real rubbery shell; it can't really do a lot. So they're 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 quick with those long necks and those front claws to be on the attack, and and they will wow. bite. They will draw blood. So, oh my uh, gosh, I don't believe yeah, this. Ish. I'm looking online as you as you described them, odd looking critter. Strange. I didn't know we had those. Oh in, yes. Uh, Oh yes, they almost look like you know that their their little heads, if you know the their eyes and that pointy nose, they almost kind of look like a reptile, like a yeah. Well, they are a reptile, but I mean a or is that amphibian? What are turtles? no 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 turtles? You know, it's it's a reptilian more of a reptilian affair. Right? Well, it's kind of like an alligator, like a tiny alligator yeah. head yeah. on a yeah weird shape, nasty disposition. You want to stay away from them. Um, wow. And the DNR site said, and there's a reason because uh, if you are keen on turtle hunting it's a delicious critter so oh. i'm uh, i'm gonna take their word on that i don't i don't need to eat a soft shell <laughs> you know, spiny soft shell turtle but uh apparently they're quite delicious so uh well there you go the turtle lovers out there that might be something to to consider you know spiny soft shell spiny soft shell turtle yeah they're mean they're a little frightening looking but delicious uh, wonderful flavor smoothly delicious <laughs> a little Sprinkle of sherry. Oh, boy. <laughs> Mouth-watering. Here we go. Uh, you know, other things we could talk about. Uh, skunks, you know, we don't have to go there. I mean, it's just it's kind of a foul-smelling they're weasel. There. You know, they're going to defend their territory. They're going to let you know. If you pass one on the road, my dad would always say, oh, you smell that? 
what's coming up? And I mean, it's a skunk, Dad. And sure enough, there it is. Look at that flat skunk. All right, yeah. Hot July afternoon, the smell of the skunk cooking in the sun. But uh, no, I got a couple more for you here, Fud. And these are more from my up north days, you know, hanging out. And, and they're not over. I mean, I continue to, to be Ely bound on a regular basis. Uh, the pine borer beetle. Oh. A large beetle with incredibly long antennae. And uh, they like to bite through the outer bark of, of pine trees looking for various edibles under the bark. Uh, I know their larvae will make short work of downed snags. You know, oh, okay. Mulching that old wood, basically. We could. I remember walking on a path through Dunord, and there was a downed tree, and I was real quiet. And I, you know, it wasn't earbuds in or anything. I was just out there walking around and I stopped for a second. I could hear, it sounded like squeaking. Oh, sure. And I was, the log was actually kind of moving. Oh my God. And there were pine borer larvae in there and there were little piles of sawdust coming out of holes in the tree. Oh my God. I was like, look at this thing. This is crazy. Wow. Wow, but the beetles themselves, man, if they land on you, they're not the brightest bulbs in the knife drawer and they're going to think you're a pine tree. Or just, hey, here's something else. Let's see if there's something under this thing's skin. And they'll chop down and, whoa, oh boy. You won't soon forget it. They so, just uh, look painful. Oh, and they're big, and they they fly. Yeah. You know, they, the clacking of the <laughs> shell as they're flying, and you know, and, and they land. And, and uh, again, a good friend who's a, a naturalist up there, he said, "I've watched these things bite off their own antenna, thinking it's another competitor." You know, just, <laughs> oh, you know, just <laughs> oh, geez. God, you idiot, knock it off. You know, they're, wow, they're big, they're slow, they're kind of thick. But yeah, and if one lands on you, you're like, yeah. You look at the size of this thing, and you want it off you as soon as possible yeah. because there's, I don't know if it's a defensive mechanism or what it is, but if they clamp on, it's it's like a little vice grip. It's pretty pretty oh crazy. God, yeah, they're just they're no fun. Those pine borers, and and they're hard on the trees. Let's not kid ourselves. They're yeah. hard on the trees. So it's, I think, considered almost an act of civic virtue to take <laughs> out a few of those pine borers. But uh, hmm. last but not least, boy, if you're Lucky enough to be, you know, I was talking to a fellow I work with, and he was talking about working at a camp one summer up near Bemidji. And he was in kind of a a platform tent, kind of soft, you know, like you can tie the flaps shut, and there's some mosquito netting inside the thing. But it's, it's kind of an open affair. Right. You know, outdoors camp, kind of yeah. a scout-based kind of thing. And he was in that tent all summer yeah. as one of the guys helping run the And he said, I had wolf spiders in that tent all summer long, and big, mm. wow. big wolf spiders. And he said, you know... He said, I was under my mosquito netting. They needed a place to be. I guess they were clearing out some of the bugs that were coming in to, you know, bedevil me in the night. So I just let, yeah. them, let, them, let them alone, as it were. And uh, Did they leave him alone? Yeah, they did. They did. Okay. You know, uh, he said that was always one of the last things he did. He'd get in his bunk under his mosquito netting, and he'd take out his little flashlight pen light and kind of check all the corners and you're still there okay yep and you're over there that's fine and they're not web builders you know wolf spiders are, as i understand it are huh. not web builders they're they move and they jump you know and they aggressively go after their insects so but but in the great north woods of minnesota they can get pretty good sized and uh huh. put it this way they freaked out my son enough that he was like i don't want to sleep in this tent tonight i'm going back in the cabin <laughs> that thing's freaking me out, man. I got to get away from that. Yeah, I, I was like, no, comfortable. I think I'll join you. I, I mean, they're just big. They're yeah. big and they're fast, you know. And uh, they're not. They're probably not going to bite you unless their life's threatened. But uh, it's just something about a huge spider. Yeah. Oh. Well, you get a lot of those. Like, for instance, on the old sea maid up at the cabin. Oh yes. Know, there's, they always kind of 
And these ones do build, uh, they have the webs, and they're usually in the corners of the boats mm-hmm. and uh, under the dock and that sure. kind of a thing. And they're kind of freaky. I'm, I'm getting a little bit more uh, toler- tolerable. Wait, let me tolerant. state that. Tolerant. I'm getting a little more tolerant <laughs> of, of them. Um, because you know, I in doing research, like, all right, I want to get rid of these things and keep them off the boat. And of course, there's always the naturalist out there who will say, "Let's not forget that spiders are our friends. They, well, they are feed I mean, on a lot know. of other pests that we don't like. Uh, yeah, maybe even mosquitoes. I don't right. know. But so I do like to try to exercise a certain amount of <laughs> tolerance. And and but having said that, I. Wouldn't feel comfortable in a tent where they were inside with me. You know, like, four or five of those good-sized wolf spiders, and, I'm, and what I'm doing is looking for a broom. I'm just like, <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm going to show you the door. I'm not going to kill you unless you absolutely refuse to leave. And then it's like, well, now my old arachnophobia is kicking in, and I'm sorry, buddy. You're going to become a large, flat spider. I think but, what I do uh, is, like they suggest for building bat houses, you know? Right. You want, you know, you want them around because they do... Very helpful. Good. Yeah. Very helpful. So maybe what I would do if I was going to tent it for a long period of time, I, I think I would build a little tent for the spiders. <laughs> you can have this tent. This is mine. Stay out. And if you come in, I'm going to be mean. Yeah. And I'll, I'll swish you away or, or worse. Well, there, there is something to, you know, I, I, I come from a long line of arachnophobes. And yeah. uh, a summer in Costa Rica, to some extent, cured me. Oh, yeah? Um, but I, I have a hard time closing the eyes and you know being at counting sheep peace. knowing that there's yeah. a good sized spider yeah right over my head and I'm just oh I, we gotta do something here I mean I want you out the door I don't want to kill you good, good hunting somewhere else but, right. but please don't. and there's something about it Fudd I think I think it's got a lot to do you know we heard all those great horror stories as little kids growing up like the, the disembodied hand crawling <laughs> yeah. through the house at night you know <laughs> right. coming for your throat and all I mean, a spider on the move just looks a little too much sometimes, I think, for a lot of people. Like, oh, my God, it's like yeah. a hand. It's like yeah. it's just, oh, look at all those legs in the motion and the eight eyes and those, you know, depending. A good-sized wolf spider is a fair set of, you know. Nothing to sneeze at. It's, I was going to say mandibles. I think it's more of fangs, you know. Oh. I mean, just That's a big spider, and it's, yeah. it's, got, it's got some heft to it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to leave a mark. So I don't know. And, and I know we've all had a spider bite once or twice in our life and kind of gone, yeah. what's that? I don't want to think about it, you know. Right. It's something that size, you know. Oof, duh. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to wake up, and it's going to be over my face like an alien. And it's going to, ah, you know. <laughs> Good Lord, it's going to be terrifying. Well, the last piece I'm going to offer up here is just something we discussed briefly uh, earlier here, being on that campsite of yeah. Nickerson and the tent caterpillars. Tent caterpillars. You know, and it's cyclical, and I did a little little back digging here into this, and, and as the Minnesota DNR is so good to tell us, you know, it is a cyclical affair. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen every so many years. You know, I go into the cabin with my farm, farm-raised farm parents. They were just, right. oh, it's no big deal. This happens out in the wilds. kind of happens, and then it goes. Next summer, we probably won't even see them. But this year, yeah. we just got to deal with it. And blah, 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 blah. But tent caterpillars, man. They, you know, they build these huge, gauzy, white tents all over the trees. They seem to really enjoy aspens. Aspen hmm. trees, birch trees. Um, but uh, the DNR site said, and I remember this, they're going to go after, you know, maples and oaks, too, that are they're in, in a weakened state. 
they're going to go after the, the foliage on weak trees, sick trees. Oh. And it really is part of nature's plan to kind of yeah. thin the herd, as it were, you know, right. take out good forestry. Uh, this tree's not, not really fit to be here anymore. Okay. You can't, you know, yeah. and, and what I read was they will, a lot of these aspens will be stripped of all foliage. And yet, if it's a healthy tree before the summer is over, it'll kick out another, oh, okay. another batch of leaves. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not the end of the line. But they're thick. I mean, it, as, as, as humans, I think we are, some of us at least, predisposed to seeing like great swarms of something creepy crawly, you know, all over. You know, I mean, it, those tent caterpillars. My dad was a science teacher, and he'd be like, check this out, son. Grab a stick, and he'd kind of pry into that caterpillar tent. And it would just be alive with tent caterpillars. They're just wow. moving, you know, like a like a bad scene out of a Indiana Jones film. Yeah. Like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> oh my God! And they're all in the canopy and they're yeah, falling out yeah. of trees. I remember riding the little one-speed dirt bike all over my roads up there, you know, flying away from the horse flies, and then just slipping and sliding across these bodies of tent caterpillars all over the place. Wow. Interestingly enough, the caterpillar is kind of pretty. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's got you know, different stripes on it. There's colors, blue, orange, you know, little little hairs, all this kind of stuff. They're interesting-looking caterpillars, but it's just... So many. As a kid, I saw them as this enemy that was destroying the forest around our Yeah. Around our cabin. Sounds biblical. Like oh, my gosh, it's a plague. Infestation. Yeah, yeah, a plague of... we got to get rid of these things. And I just remember my dad saying, it's just, it's a cycle. Yeah. Let it go. Yeah. You know, if it's bugging you that much, stay in the house. I don't know, whatever, right. but... Don't let it ruin your summer. There's a purpose here. And the DNR site, you know, and I think Stan would would back them up, obviously, on this. He's he's the man in the know. It is is a food source for many different creatures that live in the woods, including... um, I'm going to go ahead and switch over to that that list I've got here, Fudd. You know... Excellent. They're all over the place, but... uh, yeah, they totally got it. You know, the foliage disappearing and the trees looking rough and oh no, and it's like a forest of skeletal trees and all this kind of yeah. stuff. But, it, you know, at, at, the, at the end of the day, it's, the ten caterpillars will get rid of weak, diseased, or stressed trees. Right. If those trees go, well, there's there's a reason for that. Yeah. They were, they were not really fit, as it were. Um, Regeneration, you know, it's linked yeah. to these these trees dying off and young, healthy ones coming in. And at the same time, they were talking about it. It's an incredible food source, a springtime food source for squirrels, multiple different rodents, black bears. Oh, really? And many birds. So, yeah. unlike our friends, the Japanese beetle, which we see here in the cities, yes, you know, feasting mightily on our on our various rose family. Right. Members, the apple trees, the crab apple trees, the raspberries, the basswoods are not part of the rose family, but it's own the lindens and boy, birch trees. You know, they'll just right. hammer these things. But rose plants, especially grape yeah. grape vines, things like that. Our plum tree, our crab apple tree, our neighbor's apple tree. It's just oh, look at this. And there's really nothing. They're an invasive. Yeah. And there aren't birds or, you know, the squirrels aren't bellying up to the bar (laughs) on Japanese, oh boy, it's beetle time, let's go (laughs) crazy, you know, no, not at all. I mean, there's just nothing out there that we know of at this point yet. It's kind of like the insect equivalent of the zebra mussel, you know, it's just like, they just keep getting thicker. I mean, you can put the grub killer on your lawn and... That's wonderful, but you better hope everybody on the block's doing it, or their name. They, right. you know, they'll have their crop, and it's coming to you. And yes, I've I've honestly thought I've got three different species of grapes growing on our fence, just because it's a nice 
kind of natural fencing. You don't sure. see people on the street. There's so much foliage. But at the same time, I thought, doggone it, they're killing all my grapes. Well, yeah. I don't use the grapes for anything. I mean, I'm not a vintner. You know, I'm not <laughs> right. making brandies or anything <laughs> yeah. in the basement. I, it it was just it was a natural kind of you know foliage wall. Yeah. Um, but the fact that they're going after those grape leaves tends to keep them off my crabapple tree and my plum tree. Oh, okay. You know, they'll attack that, but they won't really bother some of the other things that could get hit and get hit so hard. So it's... Uh, you just have to trade off, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, what? I guess I don't care. You know, there's there's another interesting bug that goes after my, my grape vines, and it's a vine cutter beetle. Okay. I'm not getting the name right, I know, but it looks like a jumbo ladybug. Oh, okay. It can be kind of mauve-colored, kind of off-pink, kind of light orange but it's only they always have like one or two spots on them but it looks like this giant ladybug and Mm -hmm. and i mean they're huge they're like the size of a quarter or better wow and you can just pick those off and drop them in a bucket of soap and you're like well sorry buddy you know again i don't think there's any predator i mean a bird couldn't get its beak around that thing it would would be impossible but uh you know I, i i guess if they want to take the grapevines they can have them but those tent caterpillars, man, wow, just to have them all over the place. And like I said, when we were out there in Connecticut, or uh, not Connecticut, Cape but uh, Cape Cod in Massachusetts, you know, the, as far east as you can get in Massachusetts. And, uh, boy, it, it the droppings were coming out of the trees like rain. I mean, it was just wow. coming down. So I, being a seasoned camper, I brought several tarps and all kinds of bungee cords, and I just, uh, all kinds of you know line just tied up tarps over everything mm-hmm. said well at least we're not gonna feel like we are being rained upon by the droppings of tent <laughs> right. caterpillars everywhere but seasoning man, every meal that was unbelievable i just thought well it's beautiful out here and i understand the history of it all and it's gorgeous and cape cod and all the mystique and the shipwrecks and the pirate talk and the fishing traditions and you know right. let's all go get a here we are, where they catch all the lobsters. They still want twenty five dollars for it. What, what's that all about? I mean, this, this is where you this is where you catch them. Come on, isn't the price supposed to be? I guess not. Okay, but but just the raining down of manure. You know? Wow. <laughs> like, we'd sit there eating our our goulash at the at the camp stove and just listening to the. It's raining. Put the sun's out. Hey, at least it's not getting in your food. You know. Wow, that's something else. But but there too. You know, that summer came and went. That That's all we knew. I like, well, to go to Camp Cod, man. There's going to be tent caterpillars everywhere crapping all over there. Unbelievable. It's just, no, it was for Not one year. It was season, for one year. Yeah. Maybe 10 years from now it'll happen again. But uh, right. I was a little more put off, I think, by that by that poison ivy. I, I couldn't believe it. It was like Day of the Triffids. They were just taking wow. over everything. I was like, good Lord, look at this. It's insane. Watch and I wanted to ask walk. people, how can you how can you coexist with all this poison ivy yeah, nobody really said anything about it. I think the, you you know what it is, and you stay away from it, or you have right. a miserable time, and then you learn by the you know by you learn by doing. That's right. I itch all over. Maybe <laughs> I'll stay away from the the phone poles at this point. Yeah, don't and go I, climbing those. Even even at that point, I guess they wouldn't be phone poles anymore. It was all all cell phones at that phase, but uh, well, power poles, yeah. power lines, of power some kind. lines. You bet. All kinds of crazy stuff. Wow. Unreal. Creepy crawlies. Creepy crawlies and the plants that want to make our lives a little miserable, and yet if you keep your head on straight, there's ways around it. I think think we have to make our peace with it, Fudd. We're going to be anointed and deet for part of the summer, and that's just how it is, or 
Right. Or I guess you steer clear of the great north country, and I'll be darned if I'm going to do that. So Something to maybe make us Midwesterners a little more appreciative of the cold winter months, you know? And well, there we is that. Have to you deal know, with for those. all the griping and complaining I've done about snow and cold, having to drive from place to place when there's a fresh 10 inches of snow and you're slipping <laughs> yeah. and sliding and kicking up rooster tails and all this kind of stuff. But I'll tell you what. It it, it thin, from it the creepy crawlies thins the bad. herd. Yeah, yeah, they're they're not going to last forever. You know, like but, I said, my summer in Costa Rica, boy, some of that stuff just never, right, never, never dies. It just yes. sticks around forever. I mean, like, yeesh. Well, all right. Well, there you have it. Hopefully, people aren't sitting there in their lazy I'm boys itching, not stepping outside yeah, again. I'm never going to go outside again. Why do you guys have to talk ever. about that? Somebody it's all good fun. Ask that million-dollar question. Can I use a wood tick for fishing for panfish? I don't <laughs> think so. I think it's A, way too small. Probably not. Probably nothing that ever gets anywhere near the water. But uh, we didn't even talk about the fact. Now, your two hounds, Yes. are they bothered by the wood ticks up there at uh, the Gull River? Well, most you... years we give them a uh, kind of a topical thing that keeps them... Keeps them off, but there have been times, like there was one season, that we didn't, and our smaller yes. one, yes. low to the ground, and this little dog loves to run in the grass, oh, sure. chewing and biting as she goes, <laughs> and running through the grass with glee, glee you know, blissful, running around. Well, I remember shortly after that trip, we brought her to the groomer and yes. had a haircut and Got a call from the groomer. Uh, we pulled thirteen ticks out of your dog. You might want to watch her for, you know, tick, tick disease. What do they call it? It's oh, kind yeah, of I don't a, know. a tick disease. You know, sure. You get sluggish. You know, there. I think there are antibiotics for that. But uh, yeah, that was. And I thought, oh boy. So now we're much more careful, and before we go up, we make sure yeah. they're covered with this stuff. And a, and a fresh tick collar. Yeah. I just remember my grandfather out in Kensington, Minnesota. He had a farm dog, big American Eskimo. Foose. Foose. Foose the farm dog. And he, he looked like a, you know, a big white furry kind of. American Eskimos don't get as large as, say, a Samoyed or a Husky. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's the same kind of general body shape and lots and lots of white fur. And, of course, he was an outdoor dog. He was a farm dog. Right. Not the kind of thing that, you know, Grandma was constantly bathing and brushing. So it looked, yeah. looked show-ready, like a <laughs> right. gi- giant white Pomeranian or something with a yes. little pink bow in his hair. He was a farm dog. <laughs> Foose loved to do a couple things. One was run like crazy through the wheat fields or run like crazy through the ditches and yeah. chewing at right. stuff, and just like, yeah. just like your, your uh, little one. But uh, he also liked to catch garter snakes. Oh. And when he caught a garter snake, he grabbed it by the head. And then shook, shook his really? head, shook his head until that thing snapped in half. Oh, he was geez. a snake killer. Yeah, he was a wow. snake killer. If he get his teeth into a gopher, he'd do the same thing. But gophers are pretty quick. You know, they see yeah. a, they see yeah. a dog headed their way. They're they're going subterranean. Oh yes, you sure. Know, dive, dive, dive. Here comes Foose. <laughs> get underground. You know. I don't know but, if uh, I've heard of the uh, snake. Oh, yeah. Killing. Oh, yeah. Oh, he he hated snakes. And uh, my sister would say, yeah, remember when Foos used to grab a snake? And I was like, you'd see him shaking his head, right? And, uh, pieces of snake flying in different directions. Oh, yeah, that used to just creep me out. And I was like, well. My brothers well, and I could have used him up in Osaka. That's right. When your the... belts were on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Why is the dog shaking Fudd's belt here? I hope I explained that, that one night I thought there were snakes in my room and 
I woke my brother, and I think I even woke my dad, and, well, got a flashlight, shined a light on the floor, and it was our belts just yeah, curled up. Fud, on, that's on your belt. Floor. Yeah, so. Sorry, Dad. Oh, sorry about that. But, no, outside when we used to lift the... Uh, uh, the, the duck boat, the overturned duck boat. Oh, in the you yard. Bet. You uh, bet. I'd have my brothers lift it, and of course, snakes kill them. You know, and you have a shovel, you have a hatchet. Oh, uh, just a stick, you stick, know, right. and uh, kill them and throw them out. The and, snake slayer. But uh, that would have been fun to watch Foose go after. Oh man, he was he was vicious. He did not like snakes. I don't know what that was. I don't know what that was. Another weird story, and and and. This goes back to my dad and his and his farm days, and uh, it's it's kind of a creepy crawly kind of affair. But he talk, I, I only someone who's grown up kind of out in the middle of nowhere, doing a lot of work out in the fields. You know, yeah. I, I you know go get the cattle. Okay, bring them back in, whatever. But I think I think farm kids, you know, outdoors kids who work outside a lot and just the kind of the solitude of the outdoors, their sense of hearing to all things natural is a lot sharper you know oh yeah okay and he'd talk about going he'd grab his 12 gauge because he might you know flush a pheasant or two and then they could add to the table that night sure it's a good thing I was like well what about like pheasant season and all that kind of stuff he's like wow <laughs> great depression I mean come on you know right but he'd go out and get the cat and he'd say yeah I'd go out and if the cows were way out on the western side of our property he'd say, I'd be walking along in early June or early July and I'd hear a frog screaming. And I was like, what? And he said, oh, I knew, and I knew what was going on. It was, it was fighting for its life in the maw of a corn snake or a garter snake. And I'd, I'd, oh, dear. I'd head to, I'd, you know, cows aren't going anywhere. So <laughs> yeah. I'd run over and find that snake and I'd grab it and I'd save that frog. And <laughs> like, really? Well, it just, you know, I don't know, something to do. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I wasn't in the house yet. You know, the radio shows weren't on yet, so I... Right. I did my good duty and saved a frog. I'd listen to the scream of a frog, and I'd, I'd be on my way. Wow. Saving a frog from being eaten by a snake. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. All right. Whatever. But they loved the snakes. I mean, they, they didn't mind the snakes being around because the snakes cleared the mice out of the barn. Oh. They'd eat them. Oh, know? sure. The barn cats did their job, and the, and the snakes and did the their snakes job. Did. And huh. you didn't have to worry all that much about barn, right. barn rats, for sure. Barn, barn, barn mice as well. So. Oh, wow. I That's just cool. remember hearing him saying that. Like, and he talked about rabbits screaming, too. And I know we've talked about that. Oh, there was yeah. even a time Nothing when like we a were rabbit enjoying a late night, you know, last cup of mitts around the, the Gull Lake fire ring. And we, we could hear a rabbit yeah. ending its days either at the right. talons of an owl or, or in the maw of a fox, maybe. fox or a coyote. And yeah. boy, when rabbits let out their death howl, it's... <laughs> Almost sounds like a small human somewhere yeah. is being dispatched, yeah. and it yeah, was just it's... like, "What in the world? Do we got to grab flashlights here, and yeah, maybe it's... a large stick, or what's going on here?" And I, I bet that's that rabbit scream my dad used to talk about. Right. Sure enough. Sure enough. So, oh goodness, our floor manager has just given us the the high sign that uh, we're well over. Got a little long winded tonight. Our, our our time slot here. A lot to talk about. So creepies and crawlies and if and if uh, our loyal listeners hung with us through all that uh, off yuck, the cuff yucky commentary <laughs> right. slightly disgusting we're, we're really appreciative that's that right thanks for hanging with us it's hard it's hard to avoid uh, creepy crawlies are, are part of part of cabin country they are for a fact and we just uh, get ready to sign off here just a quick hope for all of you that you're 
Summer of 21 goes by without any grape-sized ticks attached to your <laughs> haunches. Oh, my God. Or, or your pets, for that's that matter. That's true. That's true. Keep the, keep the dogs and cats free of, of the critters. And uh, Anyway, and, and one last plea, if you do have any crazy, creepy, crawly stories yourself. Oh, yes. Like share, feel free to send them in. One more time, Fudd. What is our... It's cabincountrypod at gmail.com. Right. So, and certainly check us out on Facebook. And, uh, yeah, we even have uh, videos on YouTube. That's correct. Cabin Country Podcast. So, yeah, we're, we're findable. Love, love, to, love to add your creepy crawly stories yes. to ours. Right in. Something tells me the listenership probably has a few tales to tell as well. So, we'd oh, love yes. to share those as well. But Right. Well, thank you for hanging with us tonight on this extended play version of Cabin Country. We'll stoke the fire here and possibly top off the. The mugs here with a little late night decaf. And Indeed, sounds keep great. things rolling for you. So, with the swinging sound of the cabin door, thank you again for joining us, and we'll see you next time on Cabin Country. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 